Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. It's not hard to think of a bunch of the superstar athletes who've come from the Bay Area. Here comes Simone Manuel. It looks like she's going to win gold. Chastain will take it. Go! Happy birthday, Alex Morgan! None of them made any money off their talent while in college. That's going to change, though, now that Governor Gavin Newsom signed a bill that will let college athletes in California cash in on their names. East Bay Senator Nancy Skinner introduced the bill, and she said it could have a big impact on college athletes, especially women. Today, we are going to tell you why. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to The Bay. So I worked as a tutor at the Student Athletes Study Center at Cal from 2011-2012. Bianca Taylor is a reporter with KQED. I worked with football players, rugby players, swimmers, some of the same swimmers that went to the Olympics. I oh, know wow. them. Um, but what was super striking is just the amount of time that these student athletes were spending on their sport. And what's so apparent, too, especially at a school like Cal, is you have these huge, beautiful stadiums. You have so much money in alumni and boosters and gorgeous uniforms. But, like, the students don't have health insurance. And they're not getting any money. And this is why Governor Gavin Newsom signed a bill called the Fair Pay to Play Act on Monday. The gig's up. Billions and billions of dollars. Fourteen-plus billion dollars goes to these universities, goes to these colleges. Billion-plus revenue to the NC2A themselves. And the actual product, the folks that are putting their lives on the line, putting everything on the line, uh, are getting nothing. How does it actually work? Yeah, so what the bill does is it allows student-athletes to be compensated for any endorsements that use their name or their face or their image. And that's pretty big because before this, a student-athlete had to forego any kind of endorsements. What does that actually mean for student athletes? Like, what are they what are they going through now that this bill might help them with? I know a lot of my teammates, we had jobs on the side. So, for example, I spoke with Camille Malknecht, who graduated from Cal State Northridge. She played D1 basketball there. The motivation in picking a university was to get a full scholarship. And she was telling me that when she was a student athlete, you know, she was playing basketball 40 hours a week. She was going to school. And then she had a 10 to 15 hour tutoring job on top of that. And a lot of her other teammates did, too. So she was saying that something like SB 206 would really allow student athletes like herself to have a little more flexibility in their schedule because they could make some money from social media ads, from sponsorships, and not have to get another job on top of the full-time job that is being a student athlete. Not having that stressor of running from practice to your tutoring job because you're being compensated for your time on the court would have been wonderful. 
it's actually a pretty amazing world, like the college sports world. I when I was working in Louisville, like that is a city that's driven by the University of Louisville and its sports teams, and they believe in it, and they make so much money. So this is like this is a pretty expensive world that we're talking about. Um, and yet at the same time, like these student athletes don't make any money off of it currently. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's been controversial for a long time. This isn't the first time that this has been brought up, this issue of, you know, the NCAA as well as universities profiting from student athletes and them not getting anything in return. I think it's really important that people understand that SB 206 doesn't take away a cent from the NCAA, doesn't take away any money from the universities. It's literally only about allowing student-athletes the opportunity to make money for themselves. The fact that California is the first state in the nation to pass this bill really could set the tone for a lot of other states to follow in line. There's a bunch of professional athletes that support it. I mean, LeBron James being the biggest one. Part of the reason why I went to the NBA is to get my mom out of the situation that she was in. I couldn't have done that if I would have stepped on a college campus. So it's really interesting to see sort of how this is going to change collegiate sports and then also professional sports, especially for women. When State Senator Nancy Skinner came out with her comments after this bill was passed, she was mentioning how it had the potential to help women college athletes. What did she mean by that? What she means by that is that there's an opportunity for women who may not be able to go professionally to make money from their talent and their dedication to their sport while they're in college, Um, especially sports like gymnastics or swimming, individual sports where an individual can gain a lot of attention and sort of notoriety. It would allow them to make a profit from that that they may not be able to professionally if they have to retire early or they get injured, which happens a lot. Take a swimmer like Missy Franklin. In a way, so she went to UC Berkeley. But Franklin with a huge lead. But before then, she was an Olympic swimmer. Because Franklin has got it clearly. And she made her debut at 17, won five gold medals. And also, how does it feel to set a world record while winning a gold medal? (laughs) It feels amazing. It feels so good. I could have never dreamed about something like this happening. And then when she decided to sign at UC Berkeley and go to school and swim for them, she had to forego any kind of sponsorship or endorsement deals which means that she didn't make any money during that time she swam. If you compare that to someone like Michael Phelps, who decided not to go to college but swim professionally, I mean, the amount of money that he was making is astronomical. If you consider that a bonus from one of his endorsement deals made him a million dollars alone after the Beijing Olympics. Swimmers who decide to stay collegiate athletes end up losing a lot of money if you compare it to if they had stayed professional. For a lot of collegiate women, you know, there isn't an NBA or an NFL that they can go to and just make oogabs of money to sort of make up for lost time. I spoke with this woman, Cecilia Towns, who was a college athlete herself, and she is the founder of an organization called Gladiate Hers, which is about empowering women in sports. And she was saying the same thing, that basically endorsement contracts have the ability to shine a bigger spotlight on women in sports collegiately, which can then help build a professional presence. If you don't have eyes on women in college, if you aren't investing in college athletics, then you aren't building a foundation for a professional women's sport. If you're not looking at women playing sports in college, then there's, you're not looking at women to play professionally. So there's this idea that the more attention and financial support is put on women's athletics in college, the more opportunity there is for the growth of women's sports professionally. Women are still underrepresented in college sports. The, the teams are underfunded. And what happens is 
that's like a trickle effect for the professional league. Are there any professional women's sports teams in the Bay Area? There are zero. Zero. And how many men's teams are there? There are seven. Yet the Bay Area has all these incredibly competitive universities. The statistics for the opportunity to go to the professional level in the U.S. for men is so much greater than it is for women. Camille was telling me about the pipeline that exists for, like, male athletes. In between college and the NBA, there's something called the G League, which is sort of like a prep league to get into the NBA. Nothing like that exists for women. So when we're talking about a pipeline, a lot of it is infrastructure. It's visibility, but it's also infrastructure. And infrastructure is only possible when there's money behind that. I went and played professionally in Europe for three years. Okay. Um, So when I was reaching that decision, you know, my junior year, my senior year, um, in comparison to the males, it's honestly, it's not even comparable. If we have collegiate women being endorsed, gaining visibility for their sport, but also individually, then I think infrastructure will follow. And I think schools would be silly to ignore the notoriety and the fame that these athletes are bringing to their schools and to their programs, and then not having anything professional to follow up with that. So I think there's going to be a shift if we have more money with women in college sports. I think it's a win-win, right? That's why it's almost the perfect opportunity is because it doesn't require the schools to pay anything. It just says, you know, hey, athlete X, if they have 200,000 followers on their Instagram because they're a great athlete, they can now benefit from that. So what's the NCAA said about this new California law? Yeah, so in a statement, they said that they agreed changes are needed to continue to support student athletes, but they're very unhappy that California has gone ahead and done this ahead of something that they could regulate. But does this law have any impact on the NCAA? Like, does the NCAA lose money because of this law? They absolutely don't. Do you know why the NCAA does not want this law? You know what I mean? Yeah. So the NCAA has a very strict rule when it comes to their definition of amateurism. And they are an organization for amateur athletic competitions. And their definition of amateurism means that you can't earn money. And they say that is to protect the student athletes academics. Okay, so so there's this opportunity that hasn't existed before to basically create a place where women's sports thrive. Right now in the Bay Area, clearly it doesn't, uh, at least professionally. But it sounds like there's the potential for a lot to be gained for women. Yeah, I mean, it could totally change the landscape of women's sports and not just collegiately, but professionally, too. I mean, when you allow women to profit off of their sport in college, you raise visibility. There might be some more infrastructure put in place. And then we could maybe even see some Bay Area professional women's sports teams. Bianca Taylor is a reporter with KQED. Bianca says that there is a whole other part of the story that she experienced as a tutor at Cal, and that's the athletes of color who put their bodies on the line, who make the school money, who aren't being paid, and most of them won't go pro. This is a huge part of the discussion going on right now, too. A lot could happen between now and 2023 when this California law goes into effect. There are already proposals for similar bills in at least nine other states, so the NCAA has to decide what it wants to do which could include kicking out schools in these states or changing up their own policies to start letting athletes make money off their names. The Bay was produced this week by Erica Cruz-Guevara, Angela Corral, and our editor, Erica Aguilar. 
KQED's leadership team includes Julie Kane, Vinnie Tong, Ethan Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. I'm Devin Kadiyama. That's it for The Bay. Talk to you next week. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S.